Welcome to Canucks After Dark. Here are your hosts, Parker Hallowell and Clay Emo. Good evening, Vancouver, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Canucks After Dark here on Deadline Day. We're coming to you live from Metro Vancouver right here on YouTube and on demand in podcast form for you audio listeners out there. My name is Parker Hallowell. You may know me as Parker's Pucks here on YouTube, and I'm honored to be joined by my co-host. He has uploaded over 1,800 videos to YouTube over the past 14 years, amassing over or nearly 3 million views. He is truly the OG of Canucks YouTube. You know him as the most positive man in the city, the founder of the good-looking Canucks Positivity Club and the pride of Richmond, Canuck Clay Emo. Well, that is a great intro, Parker. Thank you. By the way, who that, I, I got to tell everyone, I never heard or saw that intro video. <laughs> that, that, was that you talking, man? That was a no, pretty sweet No, I, uh, I found someone on Fiverr and I paid him $9 to do that. Okay, well, send me the bill for four fifty. That is awesome. Thanks, Parker. No I'm worries. I'm so excited. Yes, I, I've done those eighteen hundred videos, but that tells me that I should probably have more views than I do. But that's okay. <laughs> this is exciting. Um, I've been, I've seen what you've been doing over the past few months. I've seen how your channel's growing, and I'm just thrilled that we have this opportunity. We kind of do our own thing, but it was nice to kind of do something together and uh, hopefully bring some some joy, bring some whether it's positivity, some honesty bring another avenue to the wonderful Canucks fans that we have, not just locally, but uh, around the world. Around the world. My 5% Swedish viewers, we are here for you. Um, we've got a great show on this one. Uh, we do have a few things to go over, of course. We're going to start out just talking about ourselves a little bit. For those of you, I mean, I'm sure most of you know at least one of us, uh, but we'll do a little bit of intro so you get to know both of us. Uh, we'll talk a bit about the show and what the format is and what the ideas are behind it. And then, of course, we'll get into the big topic of the day, the NHL trade deadline. Canucks making three moves today, a bunch of other moves around the NHL, including the big blockbuster between Washington and Detroit. We'll also talk a little bit about the Canucks COVID situation and if time permits, maybe even Tanner Pearson. And, of course, uh, we'll talk a bit about any topics that you guys want to later in the show. And to go with that, of course, this is meant to be a live, interactive show. So if you want to be involved, you can leave questions, comments right here in the YouTube chat. Other feedback channels are our Twitter accounts. We'll probably see it if you tweet at us. Uh, this won't exactly be like our personal live streams where we answer your questions the whole show. Uh, we're going to be try to be more uh, focused on a conversation between us two, but taking your feedback as well. Uh, we'll see your messages coming in. We both have the chat up, uh, and if time permits at the end, we'll uh, we'll get into some questions as well. Right, and having said that, we still want to encourage you to chat with each other, of course, and maybe react to what we are talking about. But exactly like Parker said, it won't be like our regular live streams where we're trying to answer everything and get to everything. We will do that, but uh, a bit at the end as opposed to right throughout the entire thing. Absolutely. All right. So we've got uh, a good chunk of people in here. So let's get right into it. Topic introductions. Clay, you, you took the notes for this one, so I will let you start it off. All right. Well, a quick introduction uh, to me. My name is indeed Clay Emo, born and raised in uh, Vancouver. I live in Richmond in the beautiful neighborhood of Steveston, and I'm at Connect Clay on YouTube and on Twitter. And I guess right now my Canucks fandom is I'm a season ticket holder. I've been a season ticket holder for the past 10 or 11 years. My first year was the year that the Canucks went to the finals. So it was a great year to start off in. And on my YouTube channel, I actually started doing daily video blogs when it was the Winter Olympics back in 2010. Then I moved that over to the Canucks stuff. 
my YouTube channel used to be more family videos, some of my speaking from my, my church work. But in the past two or three years, it's become truly a Canucks centric channel. And aside from the YouTube, um, I do some parody songs. You may have seen or heard some of them. I never sing. So, uh, you know, thank, <laughs> thank goodness for that. But I've done three dozen songs for and with uh, the Vancouver Canucks, some of them with their video guys, their lighting guys, their, their mixers and their video editors. So that's kind of one thing I like to do as well. And yes, as Parker mentioned, um, I'm the founder of a fictitious club called the GLCPC, <laughs> the Good Looking Canucks Positive Club. It doesn't mean that uh, I'm so naive that I think that everything Jim Benning does is beautiful. I know we're going to talk about that, <laughs> but it does mean that I, I think I have a, a decent, uh, I'm not unrealistic, but I, I think I have the right mentality to follow this team because if you went with the ups and downs, been a lot more downs and ups in the past 50 years. And I think my positivity helps keep me sane. And other than that, married to my lovely wife, Gail, of 20 years now. And we have three kids, Sean, Jacob, and Kayla. You guys have seen a lot of them on my channel or on my Twitter feed. Um, bring a lot of joy to my life um, when it's not the Vancouver Canucks bringing joy to my life, which unfortunately doesn't mean a lot this past <laughs> season. Thanks, Parker. Thank you. you yeah, my name is Parker Hallowell. Uh, grew up uh, in Langley, Abbotsford, Surrey, all over the place uh, around the Lower Mainland. Uh, basically I've been watching the Canucks since I was like two or three years old. Uh, I remember being in like kindergarten, we'd have half days. So after, uh, I'd be off at like 11 and Sportsnet would air the reruns of Canucks games at like one o'clock on Sportsnet and 7 PM. Those games were too late for me. Right. So I would, uh, I couldn't stay up till nine 30 to watch a Canucks game. So that was sort of where my fandom started, uh, watching just the, the condensed games the day after. Um, yeah, I've been a, uh, basically I've been to a ton of games growing up. Uh, I was fortunate enough that, uh, that my stepdad had tickets, uh, quite often. Uh, and then as of right now, I am technically a quarter season ticket member. Uh, I have been for the last two years. Uh, and then we were thinking about canceling and then the season didn't happen. So, um, who knows? We might get back into it there, but, uh, yeah. And you mentioned, uh, sort of how you, um, you try to stay positive and, try to just be more reasonable. And I think, I think that's sort of where I land. I end up in the middle on everything. Uh, yeah. there's, there's the people on either side where everyone's yelling this thing and everyone's yelling this. And I'm like, you guys are all kind of right. Uh, <laughs> we're kind of all wanting the same thing. Can we just uh, be reasonable here? But some people, uh, some people just, some people get on their own team. They have, they get set in their ways, but, yeah. uh, I'm sure everyone in here, you guys are all very reasonable people because you're watching an very, excellent show. Very um, reasonable. Yeah, so I guess that's that's my introduction. So then you wouldn't call yourself, Parker, a Benning bro or a bitter bro, I presume? So I would say that I was in the like 60% positive Jim Benning camp up until this last season. Um, mm. Basically, sort of the Toffoli trade on, I kind of started to drift over. And then I started looking back. And, and I mean, if you think about it, Jim Benning has been the GM for my, like since I was in high school right? Like that's, it's a long time. So he's, he's the only one I've really known recently. Right. Uh, like a, a, almost a third of my life, Jim Benning's been the GM of the Canucks, which is kind of crazy. Uh, so I've kind of been looking back and realizing like, man, it's been a lot of some goods, some bads. And, uh, I I'm sort of of the mindset that he's average, 
but average GMs don't usually last seven years in the NHL. So that's well, sort of that's sort of where so I old. found. Hopefully, I make it to the end of this podcast alive. <laughs> uh, but, uh, that's okay. So you know, one thing I do want to talk about. So you can see why Parker and I kind of get along is we do have a lot of things in common, such as we are both very good looking guys. Absolutely. You know, we uh, yeah, that, that goes without saying. We both uh, you two about the Vancouver Canucks. We've been lifelong fans, and I've seen you even do some vlogs from your car, which is kind of cool. Inspired I by I, you. <laughs> You know, I wouldn't say I started that, but it's basically because it's the only place where I can go where no one can hear me and tell me to be quiet. So um, a lot of positives, a lot of, you know, similarities. And we'll people will find those as we go. But I think it'd be kind of fun just for a minute or two if we talk about some of the, how we're different. And I think you kind of hit it at one. Parker, tell everyone how old you are. Uh, I'm 23. So I am about half the age uh, of Clay here. But I mean, I, I don't know. He's a young soul. I, I might be a little bit of a mature soul. Who knows? So I think I think we, we sort of mesh in the middle there. Yes, this is the only year in history where Parker will be exactly half my age. So for those of you that are good at math, 23 and 46. Another different thing is I live in Richmond. And where do you live? Uh, I'm in Surrey. Uh, so just, uh, just in the... I'm getting closer to the city, slowly moving that way, but uh, I don't, I don't think I'm moving again anytime soon. <laughs> okay, cool. I presume that you are not half Japanese, half Chinese, like I am. That would be correct. Um, okay. No idea what my what my background is. Um, someone told me at some point I was part Ukrainian, so I kind of just go with it. Um, nice. But I think that might be like two percent. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I'm as uh, I, I'm as white as they come. <laughs> I think it's pretty safe to say. Well, well that, that, yeah, I've never said that before. And one other thing, <laughs> and I think is, is really important, and I, I do want to give props to Barker. He's too humble to, uh, and we have a big discrepancy in our ability and our knowledge of technology. I get by. I, you know, I, somehow my stream goes on when I need to do it. Some, somehow I know how to edit a video once in a while. But I, I will say, because Parker will never say this, but I'm going to give him props here. He's driving the bus, and I just hope that he doesn't run me over with it. That's what I like to say. Honestly, this has been Parker's vision, and he's the one who set up the cool graphics, countdown, music, smoky things, which, which is kind of cool because we've got a guy named Highmore today, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> nice. uh, but so a lot of really, really cool stuff, Parker. We've been working on that all day. But Parker, <laughs> I, I want to give you props. I want to thank you for inviting me to indeed uh, collaborate with you and to be your co-host. But uh, uh, I want to tell everyone, this was your vision. And when you reached out to me and you laid it out so nicely, I jumped at it right away because I, I know I, I can tell, even though we've never met and we've known each <laughs> other for like two weeks, I can tell that you're a good guy and that's good enough for me. Yeah, honestly, I, I'm glad you said yes. Uh, I, I, I thought it was a bit of a shot in the dark. Um, so that was that was great to see. I see we do have a lot of a lot of Surrey people in the house. Glad <laughs> glad to have you all here. Some some people from around BC. We've got some Victorias, some Northern BC all over the place. So it's great to have everybody here. We got a Langley from Madison. Love to see it. Okay, so the new show. Play, why don't you outline what the plan is here? What we're oh. doing. I'm going to keep throwing like it back tonight to Tonight or overall? Overall, what's the dream here? I think the dream is to provide a place where Canucks fans, young and old, whatever experience, whatever background, whatever level of fandom investment, where we can come together and, uh, and celebrate uh, our, our fandom. And what's really neat about Parker and me is, Parker, I, sh I should know, I don't know what your career aspirations are. I'm already 46. I'm working for the church. I know that I'm not going to go on a sports meetup for myself. But I do think there's a, a unique niche here in that mm -hmm. we've seen the demise of, of 1040. We've seen all those guys land on their feet doing some really creative things. But this is a creative thing too. 
And we are not trying to compete with the big boys like Sakarison <laughs> Price or or the Van Cast or not yet. Dolly. But I do think we are too local, passionate, knowledgeable, good looking. I can't understate that or overstate that enough. I don't know what the word is. But I think we are two guys that want to bring our level of fandom, our level of creativity to the people here. And, you know, we joked around about this Canucks after dark. Ooh, it sounds a little risky or whatever. I keep <laughs> wanting the tagline, but Parker doesn't go for it. I, here it comes. Oh, no. I say, when the, you know, when the lights go off, our cameras turn on. But I can see where that might have the wrong connotation. <laughs> but it, let me know in the chat if you guys like that one. Again, that's great. Okay, that's enough. But in, in every, truly, once a week, Monday nights at 10, maybe we expand to that a little bit more, maybe next season. But for now, it's almost like a late night, kind of like the sports talk or the yeah. sports net or the sports page, something that you can find late at night. And, and you know that you can trust us. You, you can trust our opinions. You know that we're doing this for the right reasons. And that's just to share our fandom and our creativity. Now, Parker, I'll let you talk about where this show might go in the future, but I think people, I want people to know why we came together in the first place. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll definitely say to, to speak to your last point there, there, there's a hole in this market now, right? We had, there was 1040. Um, and most of those guys did land on their feet, but there was that Rob Fay time slot, right? And you had a good interview with Rob Fay a few weeks back, maybe a month and a half ago or so. Yeah. Um, and I know he's sort of been preaching that, that there's just, there's no real late night talk source in the city. And basically once you hit like 6 PM, there's just not a lot out there. So, uh, it's sort of a, a hole that we saw and it's a sort of a, an opening that we thought we might be able to, uh, to, to sneak in here and, and maybe get some people to hang out with us and just talk about, you know, our favorite hockey team. Uh, and yeah, I guess for our vision for the future, I mean, you mentioned that your aspirations in sports media might be uh, a little bit behind you. Um, I mean, growing up, that was growing up sports, doing something in sports has always been sort of my, my dream. And I kind of just you know, let that go a while back. Um, but I mean, it goes back to, to me playing like the NHL video games when I'm like four years old and I'm like commentating the game as I'm playing it. It's always been sort of like my, my dream is to do something sports related, but then you go and you see the, the 1040 shutdowns and then the guys getting laid off at 650 and you see all these things just spiraling out over the years. And, you know, you start to see that the writing's kind of on the wall for terrestrial media right uh mm -hmm. radio is probably not long for this world uh right the the only real advantage it has is people are in their cars uh on their way to work but as we get into the more technological age of these cars just you you can go into most new cars and just play something on spotify right or just play something from an internet browser in your car right so you have guys like sakaris and price out there just doing a show on the internet and they're still getting a ton of people listening so well you got a fancy car man I don't have a fan. That's not me. That's not my car. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's one of those things where this, the sports media dream is there, but it's kind of like, this is a place where I sort of control my own world. And in this, in this case, we control our own destiny, right? We have, we're independent. We have people who like to come watch our videos. We're making dollars per video so that's that's you know the <laughs> but it's it's not it's not about that of course right like it's the my favorite part of the day like you, you mentioned that i went through the effort of setting all this stuff up right like the logo that you can see down below and our you know all of the graphics and everything and the the music and the intro and all that stuff and it's because that's just way more fun than anything else i was doing that day uh mm -hmm. so it's so easy for me to get involved in that because i know that when we get to this the payoff is great and i saw a bunch of people saying like the countdown's so cool and that meant so much like it was so so neat that the work uh paid off but yeah i mean we're at the point where um 
there might be an opening in the like there's there's a there's a small gap maybe somewhere and uh and if we can i mean content is king right if you if you can be better than everyone else then you'll go farther than everyone else and that's sort of my that's that's where i i see you know maybe this going maybe something going in the future obviously it's episode one a little premature maybe but that's uh that's sort of the vision that's the that's the long term you know we're gonna we're gonna take over the market um we're gonna at some point we'll probably have to go to war with rob Fay. um <laughs> you know so watch out vancouver media <laughs> well well said and i think uh maybe before you kind of outline where else people can find this show both video and audio I, i'll say this because i saw him uh I don't say lurking, that doesn't sound right, but I saw him poking around in the chat and I want to give a shout out to Chris Golden. Chris is one of the original members of Canucks Hockey Blog. And I, I want to give a shout out to Chris because Chris, uh, many years ago, maybe seven, eight, ten, I don't know how long ago now, he, he and I started a podcast called C4. It was mm-hmm. Chris Clay Canucks Commentary, the four Cs, ah. that doesn't sound right. So we went C4. That, so there, there's a bit of tidbit for you for anyone who listens to that podcast, still going strong. It's Chris and Anna, they're doing mm-hmm. some really, really good work. But at that time, Chris was a really fun partner. We lived in Steveston and uh, he lives in Steveston, so it was very close. And that's where I kind of started getting my, you know, getting my feet wet from a podcasting standpoint. They have gone on to bigger and better things, uh, Connects Hockey Blog, C4, which is awesome. And then that's, I said, thanks, Chris, but I'm going to focus a bit on writing. So I did a bit at Daily Hive back in the day. It was Van City Buzz. I wrote there for a while, contributed there. And then I decided to, you're right, as a hobby, it's not full time, but as a hobby, pick up my YouTube channel. So I, before you get into where we can find, where people can find the show, I, I did want to give a shout out to Chris and, and say, thank you. You know, I always remember where I came from, so to speak um, in the, his hot stuffy apartment with fire trucks blazing by his cat crawling all over me and me trying to say something smart about the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, I, I do have to sort of shoot Chris down here though. He did just say Packers are better than Colts in the chat and uh, the Packers are at the bottom of the list. So yeah, I don't know. No, I, you know, so you know, he's talking about high school, right? Not. Oh, uh, okay. I yeah. thought he was talking was, NFL. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. They're NFL, but I'm a Richmond Colt, and he's a ah, Stephen Packer. But gotcha. I'm going to take back everything nice I just said about him. So. <laughs> Perfect. Great. Let's so start the animosity. Yeah. Absolutely. So obviously, if you're watching us right now live, the uh, the fifty something of you here, it's great to have you all uh, here on the Canucks After Dark YouTube channel live every Monday, 10 p.m. The vods will stay up after the show as well. So if the next day you want to go back and you missed a part, maybe you just joined late and you want to go back and watch the first 10, 15 minutes. Of course, you can do that here. Or if you want to listen in your car on your way to work or just in podcast form, you prefer to do maybe the audio while you're cleaning around the house or something like that. Uh, it's currently up on Spotify, so you can just search Canucks After Dark on Spotify. It's also linked in the description, I believe. Uh, Apple Podcasts is still pending. Google Podcasts, all those other ones are still pending. Uh, they they take a while, apparently. So they should be up there, hopefully, in the coming days. But this is sort of your main place on this YouTube channel. You might see clips from the show on Twitter occasionally. I might start doing that if uh, if we get into a good heated argument here uh, about some of these trades that got made. Yeah, and that's, that's a great point. Like we, both of our background, at least when it comes to Canucks, you, uh, Canucks content creation is on the video side. So we want to make this first and foremost like you said, a VOD, a video on demand, a vlog, a, a, a video show. Absolutely. The pod, yes, the podcast, the audio, there are so many good podcasts in the local market and a lot of really good ones, a lot of them fighting for the same guests. And that's going to, for us, be a, a nice little bonus. If you if you prefer podcasts, you can certainly catch us there, as Parker just talked about. But I think our bread and butter is video, and that's what we – there aren't a lot of people doing it, 
And there aren't a lot of people doing it well. And that's one thing that we think we can do well. And that's what we're most excited about. Absolutely. Well said. Um, with that, I guess let's get into the big news of the day. We're about 20 minutes into the show. And just so you know, we plan on this being usually about an hour. But if it's a big news day, it's YouTube. We can go a little longer if need be, if we need an extra 30 minutes or so. But for today, I guess the big news of the day is clearly Ben Hutton to the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? Amazing. I was so happy for him. <laughs> Honestly, I miss Ben Hutton. Uh, like he was, he was a fine player, but he was great. Anyways, the real big news of the day, Adam Gaudet traded to the Chicago Blackhawks for a guy named Highmore. Now, Matthew Highmore, be honest with me. Had you heard of him before this? I had. Okay. I had, <laughs> but not a lot. I, I, yeah. I had to look him up and I, you know, it's joking. I'll let everyone in on a little secret. Parker and I, we joke around. We, we don't race to try and get the first vlog out, but yes, know, I there's do. an advantage that one of us has of working <laughs> at home. That's this guy. <laughs> but it's great. So we, you know, we kind of were within five or 10 minutes of each other, usually getting news out, which is fine. Um, it depends what I'm doing in the day. But then I, I told Parker when we, we were preparing for the show, I said, you know, you did a really good video on Heimer and, and Madison Bowie, and I didn't even get a chance to get away from my meeting. And believe it or not, I was okay with it. I can talk about it tonight, or I can talk Absolutely. about it tomorrow morning. Yeah, but I think, uh, I don't even know why I started talking about that. So oh, to answer your question, I'm really glad I didn't go right away and press record, because I wouldn't have known what to say, because I didn't know a lot about mm -hmm. him, admittedly. Yeah, it came up, and I'm like, oh, sweet, got it, trade. Okay, ready to hit record. I'm like, I'm like, wait, hi who <laughs> like okay let's go into hockey reference get some of his like analytics and some of the stats I'm like okay let's take five minutes make at least something good and that like i sound knowledgeable at least so i can actually do a little bit of research before so, so what did you find out um so basically um i made a video uh, three weeks ago maybe and it was called should the canucks trade adam Godet?" Mm. and basically i went into his season last year, which he probably overperformed a little bit. His season this year, where he's probably underperformed, he's been unlucky. Something like a 4.5% on ice shooting percentage, which is basically, if you don't know, when he's on the ice, the team only scores on 4.5% of, of their shots. Um, Matthew Highmore is almost in the same boat. Uh, he has obviously 24 games this year, only two assists, but his on ice shooting percentage is a whopping 2.2%. So, I mean, I said in my video, I'm like, well, I mean, if you take 2.2 and you regress it to the mean of about 9%, then he's like an eight point player. <laughs> I mean, eight points in 24 games wouldn't be terrible. That would be something like a, you know, like a 25, 30 point pace. Um, but yeah, he's uh, also Godet gets a lot of offensive zone starts. If you look at his analytics, it's something like 56% of his, of his starts are in the offensive zone. Highmore is the exact opposite. And I think that's maybe where Jim Benning wanted to make this move is he doesn't see Gaudet as a two-way player. And I think he mentioned this in his press conference, which you just watched, um, yeah. that uh, Gaudet wanted to play up the lineup a little bit more, but Benning didn't see him as that kind of player, wanted to develop his two-way game. Uh, and because of that, uh, they go for a guy like Matthew Highmore, who has only 38% offensive zone starts. So 63 or 62% of the time he's starting in his own defensive zone. He's out there. Uh, he's not killing penalties really. Uh, and he's a winger, but he's out there in tough starts, at least in his 24 games that he's played this year. Yeah. And Jim Benning, great point, Parker. I, I was trying to do my homework cramming basically before we went live, but yeah, he was not so subtle in the shade that he threw. No. Adam Gaudet's way, he basically, yes, as you said, Gaudet wanted to play up the lineup, wanted a bigger role, wanted to do this, wanted to do that. 
And Benning basically said, we gave him a chance and he didn't step up. He also said that he likes Highmore's exactly his two-way game. And maybe Highmore will never be a second or third liner, but if he's reliable, you know, both ways, that's big. And I know we're going to talk about him and Bowie both making 725 grand. Mm-hmm. That's important for a team that is not going to have a lot of money. That's going to need all the cap space they can get. And between VC, Boyd, Harlock, you know, Highmore, Bowie, there's all these guys that make a million dollars or less. Not it's three. Every, yeah, yeah. Not every dollar is going to count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. um, and I wanted to and I wanted to mention um, you look at sort of Godet's play style, and he's one of those guys where if he's not if he's not going to contribute offensively, if he if he can't keep up offensively with and be like a good third line scorer, like be on a scoring third line on a contending team, then he would need to get that two way game together so he could play fourth line role. But I think that's what they saw as they saw. Look, Godet's not a guy who's going to be able to come down the lineup and play a fourth line defensive role. But this Highmore guy even though he might not have the upside of Godet, he has maybe a higher floor. And one of those things where if he doesn't, you know, break through his ceiling, then he still can land on a fourth line and still not be a liability at least. Yeah. And you make a great point about Godet's uh, playing style because, because he skates relatively fast. He's not like the fastest guy ever and a little bit recklessly and his hair is flowing over. He looks like he's working hard and he probably is working hard. Yeah. But I think you'd agree with me, Parker. It's not the most efficient or effective. It's not efficient, his work, right? Um. So whereas Tyler Mott, he's kind of more controlled and he's very efficient in the way he plays. I'm not saying Highmore's going to be the next Mott, even though they both came from Chicago, but I am saying that I think, um, yeah, you're getting a more efficient player in Highmore as well. Yeah, I think um, I think that's sort of where um, yeah. When you say less efficient, the, God, the reason everyone loves Godet in this market is because he he works right. He's a hard yeah. worker. It's so easy to fall in love with a guy who's just giving it his all every shift, and that's what he seemed to do. And when he scored, the celebrations just fires everyone up. Um, yeah. But again, if if you know working hard and um, actually contributing are two different things. Now that's not to say that I think. They couldn't have done better here mm-hmm. um, because we look at Godet as a guy who went out and he scored how many points did he scored last year, like 30 something, 33 yeah, points 33 in, in 59 in games. Like so he had yeah. 12 goals, 21 assists. Now he did have a 16% shooting percentage, which is kind of crazy. And only guys yeah. like Stamkos, Dreisaitl, or, or, and you know, maybe Besser coming up uh, with that wrist being better. We can pull that off. Um, and you, you look at that and you're thinking, well, like they couldn't have, they couldn't have gotten a second round pick or, you know, something else. And one of the things that I mentioned in my video on should the Canucks trade Adam Gaudet was the big thing is if you can flip Gaudet and if you're thinking long-term, you can flip Gaudet into a third round pick and then you want to turn around and use that pick in the expansion draft, right? Go trade to a team that has a guy they're going to lose to the expansion draft uh, and see if you can do something there. And I think that's what happened with Hayden Flurry on the Hurricanes today. Is is mm-hmm. Carolina? He was going to be Carolina's fourth defenseman who they couldn't protect. They were going to lose him for nothing, so they monetized him for some yes. assets. And that's something that we've wanted the Canucks to do. This opportunity cost notion, where it's like if we can, you have these assets, and the Canucks are in one of the best positions in the NHL going to this expansion draft because. They don't have, as unfortunate as it is, they don't have guys they need to protect that bad, right? You're talking mm-hmm. about guys like Roussel and Beagle down at that bottom of their of their seven guys. So if you could, you know, pick up a team's 
eighth best forward or fourth best defenseman for something like a third or a fourth round pick, then that's something that I was hoping for and maybe less so a 25-year-old kind of NHL, AHL tweener that Jim Benning has had his eyes on since he was a UFA coming out of the QMJHL. Yeah, and the joke around is that Benning certainly uh, locks his eyes on someone and Absolutely. goes after them, even if it's three, four, or five years later. Interesting you talk about this whole notion of taking advantage of teams that can't protect all the defensemen they want to mm. usually or all the forwards they want to. And I do agree with you that it would be nice if the Canucks thought that way. But I know when you talk about the overall summer today, they walk out of today with one more draft pick than they did at the start of the, you know, at the start of the day, right? right. When you add in, you know, the swap and then, and then the one for Ben. So if it's draft picks that are going to help pry players out of those tough expansion squeezes, then the Canucks have one more asset, at least at the end of the day um, today than they did before they started the day. To play devil's advocate on that, if yep. you is a sixth round pick, if we're just talking draft pick capital, is a right. sixth round pick, the one you got for Jordy Ben, is that the same amount of value or is it more valuable than that drop from fourth to fifth? If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you know, I've heard people, and I, I, Thomas Drance was saying this on his uh, podcast, because this year, Parker, is so uh, unpredictable when it comes to the draft. Ha- a lot of these kids haven't played yet or they haven't played meaningful games, whatever it may be. This year is the one year where maybe you don't mind dropping from a fourth to a fifth overall pit, uh, fourth round, I should say, not overall, right? What's mm-hmm. the what's the difference between a fourth rounder and a fifth rounder? If you, They're all lottery tickets at that point, Absolutely. right? So maybe, I, I see what you're saying, but maybe you take that sixth round you got for Ben, that might not move the needle by itself, but when you package it with another player or another pick, then at least, you know, the more assets you have, the more options you have. And that's something that we know that Jim Benning hasn't done really well with. And, and it kind of ties in the whole Godet thing, because I was thinking two years ago, before we traded, or a year ago, before we traded for Tyler Toffoli, you know, it was uh, Madden that was in that trade. And right. he was, I was kind of thinking, I, I remember vlogging saying when we traded for Toffoli and we, we traded Tyler Madden away, oh, it's because Adam Gaudet is the center of the future right. in, on the third line behind Petey and Bo. Whoops. Yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> And, and that wasn't a crazy thing to think at the time, right? Like no. he was, he was on, he, you know, he was on like a 50 point pace almost, right? He was, yeah. he was playing really well. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm mad that you said everything you just said. Cause that was, that was my thought as well. Uh, <laughs> that's why I said playing devil's advocate. Cause I, that was my thought as well is this year is a, like, who knows going to the draft, right? There's the guys who are at the top of the list, but even then, if you look at a regular year, Let's say, let's say like the 2020 draft that just happened, right? If you compared who was at the, you know, like the top few picks of the board a year before that draft, right? Mm -hmm. They changed so much. So basically everywhere in the draft, there's so much movement in that 17 to 18 season, 17, 18 year old season where, yeah, going into this, people are working off of year old data. Uh, You have some people (laughs) who just haven't played hockey really in a year. And who knows if that's, you know, going to hurt some random people's development. This, yeah, having, picking up an extra sixth in the draft could be, you know, could be a real player because it could be someone who normally would have moved up maybe a couple of rounds. Uh, but yeah. again, it could also go the other way. You could have a guy who was looking like he would be a decent pick uh, last year and he didn't get much playing time and he actually would have probably fallen out of the draft entirely. So this this draft is going to be interesting, uh, to say the least. Uh, and uh, yeah, more assets are always better. What's your um, what's Adam Gaudet's legacy here? Truly, uh, serious question. Interesting question. I think uh, he's 
That's really that's a really tough question because he's a guy who he had all of the makings of being sort of like a homegrown. I mean, he's from Boston, but like sort of that homegrown like that would have that would have been one of Jim Benning's crowning achievements. Right. Went out, picked a guy in the fifth round. He battled through college, won the Hobie Baker, came into the NHL. They developed him well. He came in. He scored 33 points in a condensed season and only 59 games. He was looking like he could be a real third line center. And if if he had panned out, that's one of those things that Jim Benning could hang his hat on. But now we go from a guy who had 33 points in 59 games. And instead of trading him, then you trade him after he gets basically no points in this season right when he gets seven points in 33 games and a guy who is clearly snake bitten uh at least to some degree um i I don't know i think his legacy is like it was so close right like he was so close to if he was just able to break through that next level if he had a good year this year then like think of what his value would be right going into going into this trade down if they did choose to trade a guy now a cost controlled restricted free agent guy who's maybe putting up 40 points then that's a that's a really valuable piece um but then you know all you're able to get because of this sort of regressing season is you know a guy who has played you know a handful of nhl games uh, and he's 25 yeah and this isn't uh, piling on Adam Gaudet time, but I think the realistic thing, we we saw this in the bubble. He only played half of the playoff games in the bubble. Yeah. And even this season, you know this, man, when it came down to protecting a lead or a lot of times the Canucks were chasing a league, they shortened the bench. Guess what? He's one of those three forwards that don't play in Absolutely. the third period that much. So um, maybe not losing so much on the ice. You know, a bit of his legacy, great on social media, on yeah. Twitch, some, some funny videos with his wife, Michaela. But uh, also... Um, this isn't the re- I don't I zero percent believe this is the reason why he got moved. But a lot of people can remember it. He was the first guy who who uh, contracted COVID uh, at the start of this outbreak, and that's that's sad, but it's the reality too. Yeah, and that's an interesting conversation because we had guys like IMAC go out and tweet today that he asked around. I got an emphatic no that the trade was yes. nothing to do with that. Then you have Matt Sakaris coming out uh, about an hour later saying, "Well, that's not what I've heard." I've heard that, you know, some of the players on the team are disgruntled with him. And in those sort of three weeks or the two weeks off of from the COVID outbreak, that they've had a lot of time to sort of stew and and maybe, mm-hmm. you know, say some things to management. Apparently, Bo Horvat unfollowed got out on social media. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, none of that's I, I don't want to I don't want to be the people who are like, well, they might be, you know, they they hated him and they got rid of him. I mean, like, look, that's something that we'll never know. Um, and it's something that we don't need to know. Uh, we, yeah. this is the, what we have. We have Matthew Highmore, uh, hopefully, uh, Tyler Mott 2.0. But again, I saw lots of people saying that and it's like, well, I mean, for all the Tyler Mott's out there, think of all the people who don't become Tyler Mott. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah. a bit, a bit risky, um, to go into. Thank you, Adam Godet. Yes. Uh, glad to have you. Let's go into the next <laughs> one. Uh, Jordy Ben. Yeah. The Vancouver Canucks, Jim Benning monetizing an expiring player for a draft pick, albeit a sixth, but he was expiring. I think uh, Jim said that they weren't going to resign him. I think he said that straight out in his press conference, which again is one of those things where it's just like, kind of, it's like, yeah, we didn't want him back. Like, it's, I don't know. Like he was a, he was a pretty good foot soldier for a couple of years. Uh, and he, he's been solid this year. I think um, really better than we expected him to be at. Cause I don't think he was excellent last year, um, but getting a sixth round pick, you know, especially like we said in a draft like this, where it could be a complete mess, you take what you get. 
Yeah. Last year, you know, he split a lot of time with Fantenberg. And then the nice thing about Ben is he's got versatility. So he's going to come in uh, that Winnipeg Jets team. He could play up to the second pair if you need him to, but realistically, he's likely to be on a third pair, but he's like a, you know, a Swiss army knife or whatever you call it, where he can go on, on both sides. And that's going to yeah. be really important because the Jets are going to gear up or at least not, they didn't load up. They didn't do too much today, but mm-hmm. they're going to, at least they're going to the playoffs. So yeah, a typical veteran, uh, low maintenance, $2 million a year. So that's, that's, we weren't going to resign him. You're, you're right. Uh, Jim Benning said that. And I think, um, yeah, he never kind of lived up to expectations. There's a lot of hype around him when we, uh, when we got him from Montreal and when he signed here and then he just had an okay season. I, you're right. I think this season he had a pretty good start. He filled in well when Hamannick got hurt. Remember Ben had the slow start because yeah. of his COVID exposure. Yeah. Starts with Quinn Hughes, does pretty well at the start, but then he started to tail off a little bit. The te- whole team started to tail off a little bit. And then and then we kind of uh, obviously saw what happened near, near the end there. So what was really interesting is the two guys that got traded are COVID-related. It, it's, it's so crazy because yeah. Jordy Ben was the one they who got both, it at the start They of the were season. both ground yeah. zero at one point. Yeah. And again, I'm not yeah, it's we're- interesting. <laughs> I, didn't know that, I didn't know that Matt Sakira said that, Parker. I'm going to go look that up later, but it's fascinating to see that that, He's basically saying something that's contradictory to what Ian McIntyre said. It might have been a little clickbaity because it did make me listen to the first half an hour of Sakarison Price. I will yeah. admit, I did listen yeah. to the first half an hour just to hear Welcome Matt to see what he's talking about. Sure. Um, so may, he might be exaggerating a little bit, but again, um, I mean, yeah, Jordy Ben is your dream seventh defenseman for a playoff team, right? Like if yeah. you're going to the playoffs, he's a, like he said, he can play both sides if someone gets hurt, someone goes out, especially this year, if someone goes out due to COVID or anything that yeah. goes wrong. Uh, having basically just a super stable veteran, Jordy Ben, like he is textbook black ace for the playoffs. Yep. And he does it all without wearing a visor. Cra- pretty crazy. Yeah. I don't know how you, do- I don't know how you'd be a defenseman without a visor. That's oh, it. I, I would sit on the bench, not play on my roller hockey team and I'd, <laughs> I'd have a cage and a visor. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty funny though that I'm 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 the old guy skating around a roller hockey team with the with the cage on. So no, everyone already looks at me and they say oh, we don't have to worry about this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the last move the Canucks made, and these both came at the same time. If any of you did see my video, I was literally two minutes into talking about Jordy Ben, and then I have Tweet Deck open on my other screen. It pops up. It's like Madison Bowie to the Canucks. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I get scrambling. I uh, didn't want to have to start over. Um, of course not. So uh, Madison Bowie Bowie. I think you said it was Bowie potentially. Yeah. Uh, so Bowie and a fifth round pick from the Chicago Blackhawks in return for a fourth round pick, a little more information on him. Uh, he is signed through next season, $725,000. So again, 100% variable contract. So yeah. if they don't want him on the books, they don't have to have him. It is one way. So he makes the money, but that's Francesco's money. I don't care about that. Um, <laughs> and the, the other side effect of this was, uh, expansion draft requirements, because if you are the Canucks, you have to expose one forward, one defenseman, one goalie, right? You have to expose one of each. Um, or maybe it's two forwards. Either way, you have to expose at least one defenseman. And the Canucks only had three defensemen that met the exposure requirements. So they would want to protect all three. Uh, because of that, they would have had to expose one of them, even if they had the extra slots. So because of right. this, ba- uh, Bowie, Bowie will probably be the D-man that gets exposed in the expansion draft. Again, moving down 30 slots for that, or, you know, up to 30 slots, maybe a little more for that flexibility. Um, yeah. I, again, there's not, there's not too much to, to hate here. Uh, he's a player who probably isn't going to be a big difference maker 
Um, I mean, I looked at, and I think I told you this earlier, the graphic, uh, the graphic from Jfresh where his project or his wins above replacement, he's in the first percentile, which basically means 99% of the league at his position oh. is. Oh, is, I thought like first means you're number one. It's the opposite. You want to be in 99. No, you're not. You're not getting, you're not getting the best in the league for a, for a, tri- uh, for a pick swap. I don't think. Um, but yeah, it, uh, again, it's one of those things where it gives the Canucks flexibility going into the expansion draft, which, uh, which we like, you know, that's always good. Uh, even if the, the drop in picks, uh, could be a substantial again, complete lottery this year. Yeah. No, uh, well said, Parker. And I think um, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll just spend a minute breaking that down for all the all the viewers out there. This whole thing about the expansion draft. Parker's right. You you can't just put all your you know your lower tier players out there. There are certain requirements where you can only protect seven forwards, three D men, one goalie, or eight skaters and one goalie. But on the flip side, you have to expose players. There's a certain requirement that they have to have X amount of pro games. They have to have X amount of this yeah. because, like I said, you can't just put your taxi squad and HL guys out there. So by getting Bowie, Parker, you're exactly right. Now it's likely that we are going to protect um, Nate Schmidt, Tyler Myers, and Ole Ulevi. Quinn Hughes does not need have to be protected right. because he hasn't played enough time. And then it's funny how Ulevi does, but but Hughes doesn't. And then Edler's a free agent as well. And then Hamannick's a free agent. And Ben would have been. So now at least we have the three guys. We've met the minimum requirement. And by putting Bowie out there, it's a guy that meets the requirements to be exposed as well. Otherwise, you're right. We would have had to figure something out and, and get another D on, on our roster to expose. All right. Let's get some letter grades here for each okay. move. Uh, I, I guess I'll start. Godet for Highmore. I give this a C. Um, and again, I don't hate that you moved Godet. I just think the return could have been better. Um, and again, it's like I mentioned, it's one of those scenarios where everyone on Twitter was saying right after it happened, I was like, oh, I bet Jim Benning liked this guy from a long time ago. And then Jim <laughs> Benning says in his press conference, we've had our eyes on him for years. <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll give that like a C, leaning a little lower potentially. Um, ben for a Winnipeg sixth round pick. It's a B. Again, if, if that's all you could get, it's the right move. It's a passing grade, right? It's something you should have done. Uh, I'm not going to, you're not getting sort of honor roll for that. Um, it's that's sort of bare minimum. And the the Bowie for a uh, Bowie and a fifth for a fourth. Um, moving down that many picks is pretty inconsequential. Bowie's probably pretty inconsequential. Go inconsequential, a C plus. Okay. Those are good. As I expected, I'm going to grade a little easier than you. <laughs> I, that, I just knew that was going to happen. <laughs> uh, for the Gaudet Highmore, I, I actually agree with you there, and, and I won't uh, lie just for the sake of being different. No, I was <laughs> going to say C as well. I will actually give the Ben for um, for the six a B plus. So I think you gave it a B. I'll give it a B plus. I do like the fact that we were able to get something. And the other one, um, would you give the third one, the buy one, uh, a C plus because it's pretty, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I was I was gonna give it a B, and B means very good though. I would take those in high school for sure. But um, yeah, I'll go B minus. So it's basically a C plus with Same a little thing. bit more oomph. Yeah. yeah, so I'll give it a B minus. <laughs> I do the pit swap as we talked about, not a big deal, and the, the fact that it helps us fulfill our expansion requirements. I'll give that one a B minus. So for me, uh, yeah, C B plus B minus. Perfect. All right. So. Uh, I just put in the chat, but if you guys want, uh, give us your trade grades down in the in the comments here. Um, I'm getting a request to calculate the GPA. Uh, I'm not doing that. That's that's not great radio. Um, I guess we can go into. Um, let's see. Where do you want to go? Do you want to? 
Uh, do you want to talk about some other trade deadline moves while we're on the topic? Do you want to go into the COVID situation? Where do you want let's to go? Let's go. Yeah, let's, why don't we do, um, let's say we try and end this one at 11, just so we don't go too crazy for this first one. And we want people wanting more as opposed to right. asking us to shut up, right? We'd agree with that. So why don't we do um, two or three minutes on, you know, what's the one trade that sticks out to you? from the rest of the league. And then we can talk about uh, Pearson and COVID quickly and then throw it to our, our viewers for the last five or 10 minutes. How's that sound? Sounds good. Uh, the one that stands out to me, well, okay. I just still want to mention Eric Goodbranson somehow had trade value still. Um, ben Hutton got a fifth. Uh, yeah. Uh, and Sam Bennett got more of a return than Taylor Hall did. Um, yes. That was the one that sort of stood out to me that Sam Bennett basically got a second round pick and a guy who was a second round pick in 2020. So basically two second round picks for Sam Bennett, while Taylor Hall only got Anders Bjork and a second, but they also had to give up Curtis Lazar and they have to play against Taylor Hall tomorrow, uh, <laughs> which is just, that's going to be, I hope he scores. That would be excellent. Um, but yeah, I'd say the, uh, of course, and there's the big trade, of course, the, the one that was sort of the, the breaking one at like 1230, the, it was basically Anthony Mantha uh, yeah. to Washington in return for uh, Ponick, Verona, uh, 2021 first and a 2022 second. So that's the biggest trade of the day. Yeah. Well said for me, it's not the biggest name, but I just, uh, because of how Tampa is completely stacked, I was very intrigued by the trade that got them David Savard mm -hmm. from the, from the blue jackets. Yeah. And it, it was one of a few of these three-way trades Parker that we saw where one team like Detroit acts as a clearinghouse for money. Yeah. Right. And then by the time the team, like the lightning gets Savard, they only have to pay 25% of yeah, his cap. It's crazy. Cause one team keeps 50 and the second team keeps 25. So a nice tidy piece of business. They, they stack their, their, their blue line even more. And I, I think it just makes them the odds on favorite to come out of that division. Remember there's no absolutely here, So to come out of that division. And yeah, I was surprised at how much Bennett fetch compared to hall. And to be honest with you, I, I'm not a Toronto lover. I'm not a Toronto hater. But I am, uh, you know, not surprised. I'm curious to see how their two moves work out for Feligno. A lot of people think they pay too much for him. And then this whole thing of, of getting David Riddich, who I, I don't think is any good, but it just speaks to the fact that they're worried about Frederick Anderson right now. Yeah. They have Campbell, Hutchison, Riddich, Anderson. Yeah. So interesting to see that the Leafs are going all in for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And to sort of... On that, uh, on that Savard one, and and the yeah, the tw taking twenty five percent of the money. Remember when we wanted the Canucks to do that like a few years ago, and it was like, look, we have all this cap space. Let's use it. Let's take. Let's just because you know, basically fourth round picks are getting thrown around. San Jose yeah. did a couple, I think. Uh, Detroit did the one, uh, and basically you're getting free fourth round picks for taking on twenty five percent of the money, and that's just something the owner has to be willing to pay. Um, right. And those are good ownership groups in Detroit and San Jose, so it does mm -hmm. it does make sense um yeah 14 minutes to go so let's uh let's quickly move forward let's do pearson for a couple minutes pearson okay um my video was not positive um i uh i went in and i wrote five reasons that i didn't like the trade i don't think i i didn't really give any that were positive um or not the trade the the extension sorry yeah. um but as things like, you know, you're not getting anything for, the, for him at the deadline. And we did see some moves today that sort of indicated that Tanner Pearson might have had some value, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe you could have gotten a second round pick for him. And at that point, that's probably worth more than having him on your team for three more years. Uh, the term itself, a guy who's sort of on the decline, it seems. Uh, at least this one season, it could be an outlier, but it's it's a risk 
to assume this is going to be an outlier. So signing that three-year extension till he'll be 31 years old. Uh, yeah. You have to protect him in the expansion draft. Um, supposedly, that was part of the deal, like a handshake agreement, but I think they're going to protect him. Um, and if the Canucks are in that Jim Benning window that he put out two years from now, do you want Tanner Pearson taking up three and a quarter of your cap hit in your cup contending year, right? That seems seems a little bit much. But those are those are my key takeaways, at least. Yeah, and I agree with everything you said. At the same time, um, I, I outlined some of those reasons, but I also try to give in my vlog what Jim Benning was thinking. And I did come right. up with seven or eight reasons why he did this. Obviously, uh, leadership, Stanley Cup pedigree, low maintenance, chemistry with Bo, good in front of the net, good on the boards, penalty kill, power play, help protect leads. So I, I just named nine things. I don't, I'm not saying that they're all really good reasons, but I can see why Benning outlaid that money and he i think he even said i would love two or three tanner pearson we're like no one's good one one's one's fine it's that's it was it's a it's a it's the classic jim benning signing right it's it's his perfect guy character guy in the room no fuss you don't have to worry about him he's gonna do fine um he can play on any line uh matthew highmore the trade he made today is you know it's the same intangibles that he always talks about it's a guy who is going to be worry free you can just throw him in the lineup and you don't have to worry about him he'll do fine and uh, i think we might have a few too many of those players um yeah but sounds like me on my roller hockey team but i don't make 3.25 <laughs> yeah maybe you should ask for a raise oh yeah i think they're just trying to get me to quit but that's okay they're they're louis arsing me but that's okay <laughs> ask for a try to get a buyout that's the key i saw in the show notes and i think there's a really good thing that you wrote is uh just the financial pressure that we'll, we'll go to COVID now and just 19 games in 31 nights Oof. starting off with five and seven and then six and nine this is going to be crazy man yeah and it's it's not a great look for the nhl right it's it's pretty clear that they're thinking finances first uh they've got their sponsor agreements that they say or and like their broadcast agreements where they say we're going to play 56 games and no matter what and you know, you have a team that's coming off of a virus that has shown to, you know, it's it's exactly the kind of virus you don't want as an athlete, right? It's something that makes you fatigued. It makes your breathing more difficult, coughing, uh, things like that. It's And just being like, all right, now you guys get facilities open for four days and good luck and it's good luck like, on, on friday yeah. on friday night against uh against connor mcdavid you guys you guys yeah. keep up right um and it's, it's just it's just yeah. not it's just it's a pretty clear almost cash grab from the nhl um they could have done the cop-out move that lots of people were saying uh basically just push all of the ottawa and calgary games to the end of the schedule right mm-hmm. then they, they cannot let the canucks play their edmonton games toronto games winnipeg games and then if the Canucks, if most likely when it's pretty clear that Calgary, Ottawa, and Vancouver aren't going to be making the playoffs, then you don't have to play those games and you yeah. don't have to crunch the schedule so much. So that was, mm-hmm. it just, it's, it, it just didn't seem like a very good look to me. Yeah. We can't, we got to be realistic here as much as we, of course, health is first and foremost, and we want the players, coaches, staff, and their families better, like full Absolutely. stop. But you look at the teams that have suffered uh, COVID outbreaks and they're all not in the playoff picture. Dallas, Philly, New Jersey, Buffalo, to name a few. Montreal's fighting right now. They're, they're only making the playoffs because Calgary, Edmonton, sorry, Calgary, Vancouver, Ottawa is so bad. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, Parker, and at, at the risk of sounding unsen- insensitive, the Canucks technically are in a win-win situation. And, I, and remember, this is presuming that they all come back to full health. That's first and foremost. 
if they somehow win a bunch of games and make a miraculous playoff run, it's going to light this. The, the city's going to oh, go absolutely. crazy. But if they lose games, which we expect them to do, it's going to be like, oh, you know, God bless them. Thank, thank God they're healthy. And I'm glad they came back and they're warriors. And, and I, I don't mean that, you know, uh, flippantly. I, I think they are in a win-win situation. Uh, it's not what they wanted to, to be dealt, but um, going forward, as long as they do their best, I think the, the city's going to rally behind them no matter how poorly they play because yeah. they have a, not an excuse, they have a built-in reason and it's a legitimate reason. Mm. I can just see the headline now. Canuck Clay says, Canuck's COVID situation, a win-win. Uh, hey, don't, don't <laughs> clip this, man. Don't clip this part. <laughs> no, I won't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you sort of hit the nail on the head there. There are, it is one of those things where the Canucks now have no expectations, right? There is yeah. yes. no one, no one expects them to win more than like six out of their last 19 games, right? This schedule is crazy. You're going to have to have Holtby playing six of these games at least. We'll yeah. see how Thatcher Demko is. I mean, I could see a scenario like, Game's on Friday. It's four days away, and Demko and Holpi are still—they're still on COVID protocol, right? What if what if both of them are still having issues on Friday? Oh gosh! It's like, all right, Mikey DiPietro and yeah, who yeah, and who who's the backup? Like <laughs> like, it's it's you. so yeah, it's just so premature. It seems like yeah. I I know that they said it's a tentative date, but I mean. It's not, a, it'll, it'll be an even worse look for the NHL if the Canucks can't play Friday because they don't have, you know, they can't ice a full team. And then they have to be like, okay, well, 19 games in 26 days. Uh, like, yeah. like, it's just, it's just not, not going to, uh, not going to work. No, well, no, I, I love your viewpoint on that. Now, before we get to Q&A to wrap this up, did you, I saw something that said, tough question for Claire. Are you going to save that or do you want to throw it at me? Uh, I think I'll save it. I actually know I had the clip here. Um, maybe I'll, you know what? I'll put the clip on screen. Parker's for them. pucks. <laughs> How many holes are in a straw? Well, I'm going with at least. So uh, I think uh, I, I don't know if I got the whole thing there, but and I and I know neither of us could hear it. But in your live stream on Thursday night, oh, uh, I know what is going. I on. asked you how many holes a straw has. You said at least two, and I want you to elaborate. The fact that I said at least, at least, and and two in my mind, two is an insane answer. What do you mean? Don't you? Isn't there a hole on each end? No. What do you mean? There, it's quite clearly one hole. Well, I don't want to talk about too much about <laughs> one hole, but what I see, this counts as one hole, right? Okay. And this is the other hole, so that's two. Okay. Now, how many holes does a donut have? One. Now, if you were to take that donut and just stretch it, at what yeah. point does it become two? Well, if you break the donut in half and you got two donuts, I don't know. Okay, but if you have a donut that's this long, right? Yeah. And there's a hole through it, it's the same as your straw. I'm, gonna, I'm having trouble <laughs> visualizing this. Um, it's one continuous I, hole. <laughs> oh, I see what, okay. I see what you're saying now. Okay, I get it. No, I'm still going with two. Okay, <laughs> this is this will be a uh, this will be a recurring segment uh, where we argue about how many uh, holes a straw has. Okay, that was my but tough I question ask for you. you. If you have a, um, well, I should ask you. Do you have any holes in your pants? Um, I have. In this case, I think it would be three. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you can't get your legs in. Thank you. Okay. Yes, I, I tweeted that because I was. I just thought out of context, it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> now there's one other thing I wanted to talk about. There's five minutes left. I'm gonna go a little off the board, and okay. I know, and I know you. All you can see on the document is I just put WHL in, um, and let's see if I have my notes. So, quick topic. I just wanted to talk about 
kind of a, a really interesting thing. Trent Miner, goalie for the Vancouver Giants. Uh, he's sharing the net with a guy named Drew Sim. Uh, Miner was a seventh round pick in Colorado. He's 20 years old. So he starts his season on March 28th, game against Kelowna. Six nothing shutout win. Okay. Second game of the season, takes on Prince George. They are tied 0-0 going into overtime. 65 straight minutes of being a brick wall. No one scores onto the shootout. He stops all three shooters. Giants win one nothing. Okay. The next night, he takes on the Kamloops Blazers, stops everything, 4 nothing shutout. Then, okay. on this last Wednesday, the Giants' other goalie, Drew Sim, allows four goals on seven shots, gets yanked early in the second. Trent Miner comes in, saves everything for 35 straight minutes. The Giants battle back and win 6-4. On yes. Saturday night, he, he finally allowed a goal eight minutes, 43 seconds into the first period. So he played... 234 minutes and 31 seconds of straight shutout hockey just 30 minutes short of the all-time whl record wow i did I, not know that i saw that stat and, or i saw at least the giants tweet out the number and i went and looked at the game logs I'm like this is crazy to basically go four games of shutout streak including a shootout in the middle of that um just thought <laughs> that would be a fun note so are you saying that you're trent minor and i'm drew sim uh, i <laughs> I don't know. Have, I don't think you're. Uh, I don't think you're holding us back that far. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I still um, say two holes. By the way, but okay. Okay. So we've got. Uh, let's look at the clock here. We've got about three and a half minutes left. So if you guys have any other topics you guys want us to hit on here in these last three and a half minutes, throw them in the chat. I know we've got some stars in here. We got we got Lego in the chat. Uh, we got a bunch of great people in here mm. really happy with the turnout we had uh we've been right around the 70 viewer mark this whole time thank you guys all very much for uh for joining here there's a lot of feedback uh on on the straw take a couple ones a couple twos the twos are crazy parker you know what's funny if just while we're waiting at, at the end of my live streams i often ask my viewers questions and uh i i I label the answers one and two so they don't have to type out answers. Like, uh, for instance, you know, what should I do? Should I do option one or option two? So seeing those ones and twos, it reminds me of like one of my live streams, but we're never talking about holes and straws, but uh, right. maybe I have to step my game up. Yeah. All right. Uh, Hillary wants to talk about Pug Colson. Okay. Uh, that was one of the, that was the first one that came up here. Uh, so Pug Colson's uh, team was knocked out of the KHL playoffs today in the Western Conference final in the KHL. So his season is done now this doesn't mean that he's just gonna come out here uh i was watching dolly and donnie uh or donnie and dolly whichever order they're in uh <laughs> today um while i was working really hard and uh and rick dollywall was saying basically his contract ends on april 30th so yeah. i don't like there's no reason for the canucks to bring him over this year to play the last four games of the season at most burn a year of his contract um but he looked good. <laughs> yeah, he looked great. He was one of the leading scorers in the playoffs. And, and getting no ice right, time. Not only does his contract end April 30, but then if he gets selected to the Russian team for the World Hockey Championships, if that goes through, yeah, and he's got to fulfill that requirement as well. So Absolutely. Yes, let's not count on him this season. I think that's fair to say. And the other one, of course, while we're talking on the topic of Russia, this will be the last uh -oh. thing we'll talk about tonight. The big man, Nikita oh. Trampkin. Let's get your thoughts. Parker, you, I, I'm not sure you're trying to rile me up after that straw, <laughs> uh, that straw take. My friends, those, those that watch me know I'm not the biggest Trampkin fan. I can see where his size, his skill set, he's, he's not a bad skater for his size. But I've also seen a, enough analytics, even though I'm not an analytics guy, where 
He can't move the puck out of his own zone. He just ices it, and he, he doesn't make good decisions. And I just think there's a bit of off-ice drama, whether it was the first time he left or the fact that even last season he wouldn't even think about a, a two-way contract, which I, I, I yeah. guess I kind of get. He thinks he's better than that. So overall, does he fit in if you bring him in for a cheap contract? I, Jim Benning even said as much last on Friday that he that's one guy he wants to look at bringing in. I don't know. I would take Madison Bowie over Nikita Trampkin, and that's just me. Wow. All right. Um, again, I'm. I don't think. I mean, we haven't seen him play in a long time, uh, and yeah. I think it's one of those things where if they do bring him in on a contract that you could bury in the AHL, and again, make it one way. It's Francesco's money. That's uh, not mine. Uh, yeah. So, it's one of those things where if they think that he's good enough, the thing is, there's just so many red flags, right? One yes. of the biggest red flags to me is his size. Because it's like, okay, the like people are just looking at him and like, oh, he's enormous. He's got to be good, right? And we <laughs> see that so often with players that, that just doesn't work out that way. Um, yeah. And there was him leaving Vancouver because he didn't like the smell of marijuana in the streets. Uh, <laughs> or one of the reasons. Well, I don't either, but that's, you know. <laughs> and then there was um, him, get it, him getting, earning the C for his team and then getting stripped of it shortly after. Um, sort of just a bunch of mystery around this man. I think that's where people get excited, right? It's like, yeah. well, he could be anything. And I think that's a pretty fair take. So if it's one of those things where it's a low risk move, I mean, the Canucks need bodies. Um, I wouldn't hate it, but I also, yeah. uh, I'm not lying. I'm not banging on the door, hoping for Nikita Trampkin to in a Canucks uniform anytime soon. And I'm not, I'm not a proud guy when it comes to, if, if he comes in, earns a spot and plays well, I'll be the first to say, that's awesome. What a nice find at a, a low price. I'm just not convinced. That's all. That is fair. Yeah. Uh, I think it is 11 o'clock. I want to first and foremost say thank you to everyone who showed up here. Uh, really, really surprisingly great turnout, especially on a brand new channel. Uh, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. And uh, if you want to listen to the audio version, if you're ever going to miss one of these, go over to Spotify and you can subscribe there. Also, a big thank you to Clay for coming out, uh, for joining me on this venture. Uh, it, this went really well, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, I see lots of great stuff in the chat. Everyone's saying great show. Thank you guys so much for being out here. Uh, Clay, I'll let you say your parting words. Sure, and thank you, Parker. I think the, the main thing to remember is we're excited. We're brand new to this, though, collaboratively, so we are open to feedback. So whether that is... We're going to go through everything in the chat later on or whether you want to reach out to Parker or me directly on Twitter or other social media. Uh, the, the handles are right on the screen there. Yep. That's fine. Right there. We, um, yeah, we exactly. Point, you point to it. Do that again. That looks pretty cool when you point to it. Yeah, I can't. Uh, Mike's in the way. Yeah, Look at When my, I point to it, I just go like I'm doing some Asian, <laughs> Asian I'm not sure what I'm doing. Okay. Anyways, we want to make this the best that we can. We have our ideas for sure, and not all of them are going to fly. And and maybe we want to get some of your ideas as well. But we also recognize humbly that this is uh, this is our first, our maiden venture, so to speak, maiden voyage. And we're, we're excited. We're really excited to see what, what comes from this. Maybe we go a bit longer than an hour. Maybe we go a bit shorter. These are all kind of things that Parker and I are going to talk about over the next little bit. But I'm just happy that we are able to collaborate. I'm happy that you guys all joined us tonight. And I can't wait to see where this goes. Parker, I will give you the true final, final words as I look at my two holes. <laughs> Thank you guys so much again, again for coming up. Uh, go follow uh, Clay on Twitter, myself on Twitter. Everything is linked in the description below, I think, if I remembered to. Uh, and of course, our YouTube channels you can see on screen. I'm Parker. He's Clay. This was a ton of fun. Can't wait to do this next Monday, every Monday. Come make sure that you are here next Monday, 
10 p.m. And we'll have Canucks hockey, hopefully, to talk about on next Monday. Thank you guys for coming out, and we will see you next week.